Thanks to our sponsor, District 31 Toastmasters. District 31 helps Toastmasters clubs in Eastern Massachusetts and Rhode Island become where leaders are made. Learn how District 31 Toastmasters can help you become a more powerful speaker and impactful leader by visiting district31.org slash talking Toastmasters. Welcome to Talking Toastmasters with Angela Nuss. Talking Toastmasters is a podcast all about Toastmasters members and how Toastmasters impacts their lives. You can find the Talking Toastmasters podcast at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts. This show is hosted and produced by Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. Welcome to Talking Toastmasters with Angela Nuss. Welcome, Ermi. Hi. Where are you coming from today? So I am from Canada. I live in uh, Montreal. I've been living in Montreal for a very, very long time. And I always like to say that I am Canadian by law, Bengali by blood, and Italian by birth. So I was born and raised in Italy uh, from parents uh, who are from Bangladesh. Wow. So you're Italian? Bengali. Bengali. And Canadian. Wow, that's awesome. I'm going to ask you really interesting question based on everything you just said how many languages do you speak good question so i speak italian bengali english french and a little bit of spanish and i'm working on the spanish i want to become fluent but it's hard because when you know italian you just get to mix them up (laughs) understandable i tried to learn some italian when i was a kid and the Spanish kept getting in the way. We, in Italy, we say that um, that Spanish, you know, what do we say? We say that, yeah, we say that uh, Spanish is Italian with an S because they always add an S in, to everything, you know, like como estas, hablas espanol. And in Italian, we say come stai without the S. So they all sound very similar. You just have to add the S and you can say that you speak Spanish. Interesting. <laughs> very interesting. So if we know Italian, we pr- pretty much know Spanish. And if we know Spanish, we know Italian. <laughs> yeah, I guess you can say that. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. Well, you are so kind. Thank you. So tell us. I know something that the audience doesn't know yet, but they're going to soon find out. Tell us when you joined Toastmasters and why. Okay, so we have to go back in time and we have to go back in 2015. And I joined Toastmasters when I was still in my university. And it was just randomly by chance, like I was uh, attending a workshop and someone talked about improving your public speaking. You can, if you want to improve your public speaking, you can go to Toastmaster. And because I was still a student, I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I need to add some extracurriculum activities on my resume. So let me just go and try. 
So I attended, I became a member uh, of the Toastmaster Club in 2015, but I wasn't committed to it. No, it wasn't that I was committed to it, that's not true. I was committed to it, but it was a much bigger club. We were like, what, 40 people? Because of course it's part of the university and I felt that I wasn't learning a lot from it. So after I graduated, I, I literally stopped going to these meetings. And then in 2019, I was like, you know what? It's time that I start investing in myself. And it's uh, time that, you know, I work on myself. I need to, you know, upgrade my skills. And then I joined the, my club currently, which is called the Royal Speakeasy. And I joined that one in 2019. And I've been part of this club for about uh, three years. And I took on different roles in the executive team. So I was the VP of education and now I am the president. And the main reason why I joined Toastmaster, which is also, I think, what every, everyone's reason is, was really just to work on my public speaking skill. But now that I've been part of it for a long time, I see like all the benefits that it's like also touching other part of my of my life, like at work, in my personal life. So it just, it was mainly from public speaking, but then I learned that, you know, you get to learn about networking, you get to learn about leadership skills. So, so those are mainly my, that was mainly my, my main reason. Well, I appreciate you telling us your story because I have a similar story that I was in it for six months left and then came back. Yeah. So quite similar to you, which is really cool when I was reading that on your uh, form that you filled <laughs> out to be, uh, to be on the show. So you joined initially to become a better public speaker and to work mm -hmm. on yourself. And then you mm -hmm. found out networking leadership skills as well. So what what would you say has been the biggest influence on you in Toastmasters has helped you with all of those or one of those? In the sense of what inspired me the most? Yeah. You know what? It was, um, it was mainly because I watch a lot of TED Talks. And when you watch those TED Talks, you see these amazing speakers. They have excellent public speaking skills. And you see how eloquently and how easily they're able to talk and convey their message. And then when I was also going to the meetings, it was the same thing. Like I would see all these members, they were great speakers. They were able to be natural and spontaneous. And they really like inspired me to work on myself. And um and one of the things that I also like is when I watch a lot of uh, women doing, you know, talking in front of a crowd, you feel very much inspired because you want to be like them. And one of them that I always say, like in every speech that I did or everywhere that I went, I always talk about Meghan Markle she, because she was really being inspiration for me because she is an advocate of women's empowerment. And I watch one of her interviews. No, actually it was a speech that she did at the United Nations. And she says something like, oh, we need to give the voice to the voiceless. And that resonated with me so much. And I was like, you know what? I want to do something like her. I want to be able to speak like her so that I could also transfer my own message and help also other women the way she did with me. That's amazing. <laughs> That's quite an inspiration. Yeah. Yes. So let's bring it back to uh, Toastmasters a little bit. I really wanted to hear a little bit more about that uh, since you had talked about TEDx. 
Um, so what's been your favorite role in Toastmasters so far? I like being the chairperson, the chairperson and also the, the Toastmaster. Like, I feel like those two roles, I'm able to, like, I'm very organized. I know what to do. And I always have, you know, a little bit of story that I can add in the chairperson role or in the Toastmaster role. Because for some other roles, like moment of humor, it's hard to add, you know, your personal story and also like the chairperson role, because I always have the main goal of the Toastmaster, you know, like what's the whole purpose of it? What's the mission of it? And I'm able to convey that with my own story. And uh, I really like being the chairperson. Like I really being, you know, that person leading the whole, the whole, uh, the whole meeting. So what is the chairperson role? Uh, so basically, usually the chairperson uh, opens up for the, the meeting. They go over the agenda. They introduce the guest. And also they can share a little bit about the mission of the Toastmaster, what we do, and also a little bit about the history. So we talk about how it was created, who founded it, and how long it has been around. Um, so I really like that. I really enjoy that, uh, that role. You know, like as a woman, you want to be at the, you know, at the top of the whole thing. So <laughs> awesome. And for our listeners who don't know what the Toastmaster role is, would you please expand on that? So basically the Toastmaster is um, basically the master of the whole meeting. So what they do is they introduce the educational session of the meeting. So basically they introduce the, they basically explain how the meeting works. So that we, they usually talk about, you know, we have a prepared speech, then we have the table topic session, and then we say that there is a general evaluation portion. And the Toastmaster is also introducing the guest, not the guest, is also introducing the speakers and also introducing the general evaluator. And also in that moment, you can also take a chance to talk about what the Toastmaster does. And you also get a chance to talk about the pathway programs. And, you know, you explain a little bit how you can enroll into a pathway program. And we also talk about the mentorship program, which I think is also like sometimes it's not talked about too much, but we also have the mentorship program where, you know, someone who just joined can be paired up with a more experienced member and can they can work on their public speaking skills and, you know, work on like little things on how to perform a role on how to prepare for a speech or how to give the, an evaluation. So all this introduces, like this person introducing all the bureaucratic things of the, of the meeting. That's awesome. That is one of the most comprehensive role explanations for Toastmasters I've ever heard. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. Now that we've talked about your favorite roles, what is one of your most challenging roles in Toastmasters so far? Believe it or not, it's moment of humor. I just find it so hard to come up with a joke. And not only that, but when I listen to a joke, that is given by someone else, I don't understand it. I just don't understand the joke. I see everyone laughing and, and you see me with a poker face. I'm like, what? What did this person just say? And I think it's because I don't have that like Canadian, I don't, do not know the Canadian humor, humor. So that's why I never get a joke, never. There was not even one time that I got the joke. And, and this is one of the roles that I don't like to take because I feel like I cannot even give a joke because I'm, 
because <laughs> I just do not know it's a joke. I don't know. <laughs> so never. I, I don't like that role, honestly. I really do not like it. <laughs> that is one of my more challenging roles as well. So you are not alone. And oh. sometimes I take a few extra seconds to get it. And sometimes I just don't get it. So you're not alone in that regard. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> And sometimes it's just in the delivery and you just got to learn it and practice it and not everybody gets it. So it's okay. No, no. You mentioned a little while ago, uh, mentorship mm-hmm. and how your club focuses on mentoring the new members. Mm-hmm. I just launched, uh, created a mentorship program for my home district. So what do you do for the members who've been in for two, four, six, eight, 12 plus years? Do they get to get mentors as well, or is it mostly focused on them mentoring new members? Okay, so um, for us, it's uh, so I like to believe that you can be mentored at any time. Like it doesn't matter if you are a new member or if you're an experienced member. And I think everyone needs a mentor, no matter what, because we can always learn and you can never stop learning, especially from someone. So usually... What we do is uh, every time a new member on board with us, we always introduce the mentorship program and we emphasize how important it is. And I also have a mentor myself. I I have a mentor for the past uh, three years. I've been having the same person for the past three years. And I usually go to him every time I perform a role before and after just to receive some feedback. And that's how I know that I'm learning. And so we introduce the mentorship program right off the bat when someone joins. And also I send weekly or monthly reminder to my members that we have the mentorship program. So if you're interested, you're uh, feel free to, to be paired up with someone. And we always try to remind this to everyone in the club. It's not just the, the new members, but everyone, everyone, just because it's it's so important to have a mentor, like in every aspect of your life, whether it's at work, if you, you know, if you're part of the Toastmaster, this is how you grow. It's only by working with someone and getting feedback. Awesome. Thank you. That's excellent. So why don't we learn a little bit about your Toastmasters journey? What paths have you completed or are you enrolled in? Right now, I am in, um, in the path um, called dynamic leadership. And that has been my only path so far. And I am, I think I am a level four. So I'm al- almost to the end of my path. And, uh, and so far, that has been my only path. So when I'm done with this one, I'm probably going to go to the next one because I'm like, I'm planning to set the Toastmaster for a for very, very long time until Excellent. I master this skill. So Awesome. So what is your favorite thing to do when you're not doing Toastmasters? A lot of things. A lot of things. And sometimes I even, I tell this to another friend who's also in the Toastmaster. We always tell each other, you know, 24 hours a day is not enough because we just want to get so many things done and so many things accomplished. Like if I had 72 hours, you know how many things I would do? Like so many. And and, um, so some of the things that I like to do is, um, okay, I have a blog and I write in that blog about my own personal stuff. Uh, I talk about you know finding your identity 
I talk about finance, investing. I also talk about Toastmasters. I talk about things on how you can improve yourself or things that you can do to invest in yourself. And then recently in 2022, I created my own YouTube channel. And this is where Toastmaster has been so helpful because I record these videos like in 10 minutes and I make sure that I look decent. I give a proper, you know, I, I produce a proper content and I, I don't even have a script. So it's all unscripted. So it's like an impromptu speech. And, and then I also like to work out. I like to do a lot of volunteering uh, activities, especially towards women's empowerment. And besides working full time, I'm also studying. So I'm doing a certificate in finance and that takes a lot of, of my time. <laughs> I do many, many things, and I feel like this list can never finish as well. <laughs> That's a great segue into my next question, which is, what do you do for work? I work in compliance. So I work with, um, I work as a supervisor in, in, my, in, in anti-money laundering. That's basically what I do. So we are basically trying to catch the bad people that are laundering money. It's a little bit like um, like that TV show. I don't know if you watched it, Ozark. It's on Netflix. And there is this man who's like laundering money. We are basically trying to find those kinds of people. So there is a lot of investigation being done. <laughs> I've heard of Ozark and I'm sure many of my listeners actually watch it. <laughs> I hear people talk about it all the time. So that's a great analogy. So thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about ARMY and who ARMY is and... This is your, your time to tell us a little bit more just about you so we get to know you a little bit more as an individual person. And we've already learned quite a bit about you, but tell us some more about you. Okay, I'm a friendly, determined, disciplined, and very perseverant person. I... I don't like to give up when I when I work on something I try to make sure that I accomplish my goal I like to try new things out I also I feel like I'm also very adventurous in a sense and because for instance creating my own YouTube channel it was something that I never thought I was going to do and for me creating one was an adventure on its own because I got to learn new things mm -hmm. And there is also this quotation that I like to live by, which is be the change you want to see in this world. And in a sense, I'm also someone who wants to inspire other people. And I know I am inspiring other people because of the feedback that I got. And also, if I could share a few facts about me, I love eating pasta. Like I can eat pasta every day, no matter what time, like I can have it for breakfast, lunch, dinner. It doesn't matter. I love to drink, drink a lot of coffee. And I also like chocolate. Like that's the thing that brings me so much happiness. Like chocolate and pasta are the best two things in the world. <laughs> so I'm dying over here because I love pasta too. So like, I just so found good. my like counterpart. It's just so that's good. Like, I love chocolate. 
I don't drink coffee, this is great. We're finding some things in common. This is awesome. Tell me a little bit more about, well, actually, do you have a favorite meal? Since you love pasta and chocolate and coffee, there must be some favorite meal in there. Mm, I like um, um, pasta al pesto. I don't know if you know the, 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 the green pasta. I love that one a lot. And that's one of my favorite. Like I, I can, like I always buy the same brand. I don't know if you know this brand called Barilla, which is the typical Italian brand. Yes. I buy that one. It's so easy to make. You just have to boil the pasta, add the, the pesto, mix it, voila. So that's, I love that one. It's so easy to make. And it, I can, you know what, you know, what's so funny? Every time I, I am sad, you know what I do? I just go make a plate of pasta and that's how I'm happy. Like literally, I just feel happy after having a plate of pasta. Like I can, like I have really low expectation when it comes to this. You don't have to buy me anything. Just give me a plate of pasta and this is how you make me happy. So I'm very easy to satisfy when it comes to pasta. All right, be prepared for pasta coming your way. Now your friends know the secret. That's awesome. That's amazing. I love it. I'd love to learn more, a little bit more, and I'm sure some of my viewers, listeners would as well, about life growing up in Italy. Tell us a little bit more, a little bit of what you remember. I don't know how much you remember. No, no, I remember. I remember. <laughs> oh, great. Well, tell us a little I, bit. I remember. This is exciting. Okay, so I was born in uh, Sicily. I was born in Palermo. And um, basically how the whole story goes back to, to my parents. So my parents, they got married in Bangladesh. And uh, they wanted to start a new life in a new country. So they moved to Italy and they moved to Palermo. And my dad, he says that I was the first Bengali person, Bengali girl to be born in Italy. Because basically, if you are Bengali, like everyone in the community knows each other. So if he says that, I believe him. So I feel like I'm a piece of like history when he says that. So I feel very important when he says, you're the first Bengali woman born in Italy. So I was like, okay. And so I was born in Italy. I lived in Palermo for 10 years. And then for some reason, my parents, they just moved, loved moving around. So we went from the south, we went to the north. And we went to this place called uh, Vigevano, which I don't think many people know, but it's a very small town. And uh, we stayed there for, for three years. So I did my high school there. Then... Again, my parents are like, okay, we need to move. And they decided to leave Italy and we went to England. So we were there for, for a year. And guess what? Again, they were like, okay, we're moving back to Italy. <laughs> so we moved back to Italy and, um, and this time we went to Milan. So Milan, it was basically uh, where I did my high school. I finished my, my studies there. And then after I moved to Canada, I did my university and I decided to, I, I basically stayed in Canada. And then guess what? My parents, they moved again. Now they moved back to UK. So now they've been living in UK for like eight years, I think. <laughs> so they keep, they just keep moving. But to go back to your question um, about my life in Italy, it was, it was beautiful. Like 
a Palermo. It's a beautiful city. There is so much sun. People are very warm. You have fresh fruits, fresh vegetables. You have fresh fish. You have the seaside. So it doesn't matter. Like during the year, we don't we don't have uh, like a very strong winter. Like what I think the the winter is like what plus ten degrees, and it's like not even winter. It never snows there. Uh, and people are just so happy so you always have something to do in like you always feel very happy because of the whole like you know climate and everything and and when I moved to Milan of course I have very great memories because um, because with so much moving I never had like you know I didn't have the same friend I, I always had to start back every time we were moving so for me it was hard because we were always moving. I had to leave back my life. I had to leave back all these friends and I had to meet new friends. But when I when I was in Milan and that was the longest I stayed for five years, I got to meet amazing people and my closest friends are still my friends. Even, even now they, they've been apart for like what, 15 years, 10 years. So those are like my true, my, my true friends. And um, and Milan is very different from Sicily, like very different. Like it's much more industrial. It's much more focused on work. It snows there. Um, and you have beautiful monuments. Like there are so many cathedrals, churches, castles that you can visit, ice cream that you can have. It, it's just so beautiful. And everything tastes so good, like super good, super, super, super good. Wow. I just got transported. I think you had me memorized and probably <laughs> half the audience is on the edge of their seats as well, just taking it all in. And <laughs> That's very cool that your parents moved so much because it makes for a great story. Yeah, 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 exactly. The song, like, like, guess what? We moved again. And guess what? We moved again. <laughs> <laughs> that was so yes. fun. You're like, we actually moved again. It's like, oh, okay. I'm so tired, honestly. No surprise. Exactly. It's so tiring. Like every time we had to pack and unpack, make boxes, carry this, carry that, buy a house, not buy a house. Like, oh, so tiring. <laughs> so when you mentioned there's no real winter over in Italy, plus 10 degrees, do you mean plus 10 degrees Celsius or Fahrenheit? Because Celsius would be like warmer than Fahrenheit. I'm just curious because plus 10 degrees Fahrenheit is like, snow and cold here in the U.S., but plus 10 degrees Celsius is like, what, mid-40s, upper 40s, 50-ish? No, it's um, Celsius. Okay. <laughs> when you're talking about this measure, I'm like, what? what? How do I measure the things? Because when I moved to, when I moved to Canada, everyone measure things in inches and every time I have to make a conversion in my head inches to centimeters how many centimeters is that and now you're telling me Fahrenheit and Celsius I'm like what <laughs> that's okay that's okay <laughs> so I'm gonna do all the mathematical calculation in my head <laughs> yeah well I want to ask you a couple more questions but before I ask those questions I almost feel like I'm still in the thunder and the spotlight from your life in Italy here I like to give the folks on my podcast a chance to flip the tables and ask Angela almost anything. So now it's your turn to ask me something. Okay. 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 So um, it's like reverse table topics. 
Uh-huh. So tell me about your hobbies. And then I will ask you even, I will see what you say. And then I will base off my next questions based on what you say. <laughs> I like this. She's even giving me a heads up. Okay. <laughs> so some of my hobbies, a lot of people know, probably the listeners know by now that Toastmasters is life. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Toastmasters is a big part of my life. However, I do have hobbies. I love to read. Uh-huh. I love to travel. Uh-huh. One of my life goals is to travel to all 50 states eventually. I've been to 19 or 20. I have to double check the count. Let's see. I enjoy cooking to a degree. I like cooking new recipes with friends. That's something I really enjoy. Cooking with friends. I don't get to do that often enough. Oh, what else? I like to exercise as well, just like you. And I like to exercise with people, with friends. I don't mind doing stuff on my own, but it's more fun to exercise with friends because it's social and you don't feel like you're exercising. And then I enjoy writing, which is a little known fact. Most people don't realize I actually do enjoy writing. And I'm actually in the middle of writing a series of social media posts uh, for my real estate business, my commercial real estate business. So that's kind of been my thing since last quarter, and I'm going to continue with it for this quarter, which is 2021 Q4. We're in 2022 Q1, and I hope to have that wrapped up. I'll probably keep dabbling after, but I'm going to get the bulk of them done this quarter, most likely. So that is fun. It's interesting because I don't get to do it. I've kind of stepped away from writing other than speeches. Mm-hmm. So that makes it, uh, it makes it fun for me. And one other thing is I am pretty good. I have a knack for organizing people. And <laughs> in 2006, I founded a couple of South Shore meetup groups on meetup.com. And my baby, my pride and joy is the South Shore dining out meetup group where we get adults over 21 get together we go to different restaurants south of boston on the south shore and that's been my little slice of heaven i get to combine so the first group i formed was a fitness group and the second one was a dining group and this is the one i've been with basically for the last 15 plus years and i really enjoy it i get to meet new people i've made some great friends a couple of them i'm still friends with to this day like I met them 14, 15 years ago and we're still friends today. Or I met them seven years ago and we're still friends today. So it's definitely a great way to meet folks who have a common interest in food and dining out. Yeah, definitely. Nice. You know what's so interesting when you said about uh, that part about writing? Uh, I never used to write unless it was for school. Mm-hmm. And and I, I realized that as soon as I created my blog, I actually enjoyed writing too. You just start to discover new things when you try new things out. You know, it's like getting comfortable with the uncomfortable and just discovering yourself. So it was interesting that you mentioned about the writing part. And uh, you said you like to read. So um, tell me your favorite book and what did you like about that book? Oh, you tricked me. I thought you were going to ask me something else. Okay. Uh, I like this trick, though. My favorite book, believe it or not, is called The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. 
I know him. Oh, great. Well, for those who don't know Dave Ramsey, he is a financial guru, quote unquote. Uh, He helps people get out of debt. He's all about like, who cares? You don't have a credit score because you got money in the bank type of thing. I used his method to kick my consumer debt to the curb. I actually still work the baby steps. They're called baby steps, seven steps to financial independence and wealth, um, for lack of a better term, because I am on that financial independence path. I'm not quite where I want to be yet, but I'm getting there. So that book I actually own. I don't own too many books, maybe a dozen or maybe two dozen at this point in my life. Um, Because I cleaned all my books out like when I moved years ago, cleaned out most of my books. But this is one that I love. I've loaned it to a couple of friends. I will reread it every few years. Um, Right now I'm in the middle of one of his daughter, Rachel's books. So I'm probably not going to reread the book this year because I have other things I'm reading this year, um, including the Toastmasters magazines, which I love. Uh And the uh, fact that I'm going for my real estate broker's license this summer of 2022, I'm going to be fully immersed in real estate for a while so I don't I'm not going to have a ton of time to do much excess reading over the summer even though it's my favorite time to read because I'm going to be studying and I'll be reading the Toastmasters magazine and studying but yeah I'll get all my reading in nice you know what I I don't know if I shared this but I also have a a financing background so when you said David Ramsey I'm like I know what she's talking about I know what she's talking about when she said baby steps because he's also very famous on YouTube like I watch all his like YouTube stuff uh, and I also know about uh, his daughter he has a daughter she also has a YouTube channel I think if I'm not mistaken yeah. okay so do you like to read because uh, this one I think it's more like for educational purposes but do you like to read fiction for instance do you have a type I have a type. I've read almost all of Debbie Makehomer's books. Mm. Um, and then I'll pick up an author and I'll just start reading from the first book onward. So I actually read mostly like self-help and self-improvement. Uh-huh. So I read the Toastmasters magazine. I read the Rotary magazine. I read Reader's Digest, which are a lot of fun and informative. And then I read the paper every day because I'm crazy. Um, I'm a little obsessed with Dear Abby. That's why. <laughs> and then I do read books, but they're mostly all self-help books. I'm a little bit boring in that regard, but you will catch me reading some fun stuff. Like I'm reading a book on kindness right now. A couple of people mentioned in the last couple of weeks, a book, I forget the name of it, but that's okay. And one of my friends actually owns it. And she's like, she's studying. She's going to school herself. She's like, I'm not going to get to it for a while. And I was like, can I borrow that? absolutely I was like can I borrow it for like a month because it takes me like a month to read a book because I read so much so we'll see we'll see how long that one takes me one of my goals this year is to read a book in one week like seven calendar days because I take so long to read a book Uh uh-huh okay you know it's so funny like if you ever ask me to to give you a book I'll probably say no like I love reading (laughs) I love reading, but I don't like to lend my books to anyone because I'm I'm so afraid they will not give it back to me. And I'm like so attached to my books. For me, they are sacred. So I'm like, you know what? Forget it. Just go and buy it. And uh, I like going to the library for that reason. I, like I borrow. 
I like to spend a lot of money on books and probably that's what I spend most of my money just buying books like I, I like smelling the book I like touching the books it just it's a different feeling it's totally different feeling yeah I can't do the read on the screen thing it just doesn't work no. for me. I, I've tried no. and it just doesn't work for me I need it physically in my hand yeah yeah I feel you Okay, I do want to ask you a question because you said that uh, you like to read books about self-help and self-improvement. So if you have to give one tip to your audience, what would you say? This is a good one. <laughs> a tip to give to my audience. It's kind of a quote, actually. It's just kind of yeah. To thine own self be true. Really figure out who you are and just be you. <sighs> Yeah, you don't need four Angelos in the world, please. I don't even want a second Angela in the world because I'm more than enough. <laughs> Sometimes I'm too much for myself. Sometimes I annoy myself and I'm just me. And I have to live with myself 24-7. So really be true to yourself. Find that thing that you love. I love helping others. I love talking to people. So that's one of the reasons I started a podcast. Just be you and find your niche and just go with it. Mm -hmm. I agree with you, actually, you know, and I also like to think, you know, being unique, being authentic is what makes you so special. And even your imperfections, your scars is what makes you so beautiful. Because, you know, it's a funny, someone commented on my accent, because um, I have an accent, okay, when I speak in any language, I have an accent. And sometimes because of that, I didn't like the sound of my voice. And, um, but now that I have, you know, a YouTube, a YouTube channel and I talk in interviews, I have to listen to myself. And I was like, you know what? My accent is so cool. Like, I like it. I love my accent. Even though you can hear my strong Italian accent is what makes me so special. And um, I, I agree with you. We don't need too many of Angela's, too many of Ormi's. You know, you just want to be unique yourself with what you offer, because I'm sure that we can all offer different things to different people. So I, I, I do really like that quote um, a lot. And hopefully all your audience can actually take this as an inspiration and just work on themselves and explore themselves and see what they like. Oh, that's nice. Hmm. This has been awesome. I love how you took to you took ask Angela almost anything, and we made a conversation out of it. But <laughs> I wanted to put the focus back on you a little bit. I want to learn a little bit about your passion, which is women in leadership, and how Toastmasters helped you become empowered. I think Toastmaster for me, Toastmaster was therapeutic. First of all. Because when I joined it in 2019, I was going through a lot of hard things in my life. And I just wanted to, you know, detach myself with whatever was happening. And when I joined Toastmaster, I remember, you know, being nervous. I remember being not myself, you know, because of everything that was going through. And I felt that at that point, I was, I also lost my identity and I was not sure if that was me. And I wasn't even sure if I was going to commit, but thank God I did that. Thank God I did that because as I was 
as I was going to these meetings, I became much more confident. And even when I was speaking, I know that probably I was not good. Um, no one is good at the beginning, honestly. But and I was always worried about what people would say. But I was like, you know what? It doesn't. It doesn't matter what people say. Just dictate who they are and not me. I'm just. I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing. And as I kept doing all these speeches, and also because I'm probably the minority in our club that is like a, a woman, I was like, you know what? I want to promote more women in public speaking and women in leadership skills because we need more, more women with public speaking skills. It just makes us much more credible. Uh, it makes us much more confident too. We feel bold as well because we're not afraid of speaking up. And this is also how even the VP of education role, the VP of education role and the president role helped me a little bit to to believe in myself, that I can do what I want to do. And I also wrote a few articles about uh, women in leadership and women in public speaking and how important this is for every woman to have that. You know, you want to use your voice to change the world, to, to evoke change. And, and I try to use this a lot, even in my workplace, because my opinion matters. What I'm saying matters. I am important. And you can only do this by speaking. Because if you don't speak and you use your silence, you are conveying a message too, because silence speaks on its own. So, you know, if you, if, if you don't say anything, people might interpret it as you're agreeing with us. But if you speak up and you say your opinion, you know, then you make, your, your, you make your opinion matter. And that's how people will start to respect you in a way, especially if you're a woman, I think. Wow. <laughs> you just like drowned me and drenched me and all that. <laughs> that is pretty cool. I love that. And it's interesting you say that because the whole, that you're a minority in your club. Because when I was area director, I was looking for people in the clubs to see who had leadership goals. I had this weird sixth sense and I can just tell stuff and I don't have explanations for it. So I went and nominated, like, my goal was to nominate at least one, if not two people in each of the four clubs I was the area director to a role in the district. And I was able to, but I also realized, hey, you know, I'm nominating, like, guys, and we really need to focus on women, too. So I just was spent a few days going inward and saying, who are the women who are standing out? or who aren't quite standing out, but I can see something in them. They might be the quiet ones that just haven't blossomed yet or need the opportunity to. And if you tie that in with mentoring as well, it could go a long way. Yeah, I, I agree. And even, even now, like now that I'm the part of the executive team, when we have to nominate someone to be part of the team, I always try to, you know, ask a woman if they want to be part of the team. Because as a woman, I want another woman to be part of the team. But it's hard, honestly. It's hard because of all the priorities that we have in our life. Uh, sometimes maybe public speaking might be put aside. Mm -hmm. But it is something that I'm also trying to, to change. Even when I'm 
even when we have a lot of guests that are women I'm always trying to convince them like be part of our club I try to convert them into put into members so I do put a lot of effort on that because I think we need more diversity more inclusion no it's not just our work but also the Toastmaster club absolutely I couldn't agree more that's awesome so before we wrap up, I'm curious to know where you see yourself in Toastmasters and in life three years from now. Three years from now. I hope that in three years, in three years from now, I have delivered a TED Talk. Because mm-hmm. I watch so many of them and I'm like, I will be one of those people one day. And hopefully that will not, not hopefully it will happen, first of all. And, um, and I was watching a video, which was about Toastmaster. And uh, I was watching this woman being interviewed and she does speech contest. And I never thought of doing a speech contest, but now it's something that it's like, I'm reconsidering. And I'm actually thinking, I want to go for speech contest too one day. That's, uh, that's another thing that I also want to do. As a contestant? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So I want to challenge myself. I'm Those are two challenges. great goals <laughs> and things to accomplish in the next three years. Um, might you? I'm gonna guess you've complete. You'll have completed this path, the dynamic leadership path. But do you think maybe you'll have another path completed? I'm hoping so. Yes. Most probably yes, because I. I do want to continue my journey at Toastmaster because I, my, my own mentor, he has been at Toastmaster for 20 years and he's also an inspiration too. He says, I never stopped being part of this club. He has all these different titles. You know, he took different roles in the executive team. And I was like, you know what? I will probably do the same thing. I will probably stick here until, you know, I retire or something. Even after I retire, I'll probably stay there. So I, I do want to complete as many pathways as I can. And talking about pathways, I have another um, another member. He's so in love with public speaking. Like he's part of 50 million clubs. He did so many speech contests. I'm like, you know what? These people are my true inspiration. Why can I not do the same? Mm-hmm. So nothing is stopping me. So I'm probably going to do that. That's awesome. That's amazing. I love those. Before, so do you have any parting words for the listeners? I do. And I, and it's really tied to what you said before. And I think it's very important that we explore ourselves and try new things out because that's the only way that, you know, you will learn about yourself and what you like and what you do not like. And I think what's most important is to really be comfortable with uncomfortable. You know, that's how you learn. And you always have to challenge yourself. Like you cannot be at the comfort of your home and just wait that things happen to you because they will never happen. You have to go out there and try new things. Well, that's a great way to end. (laughs) Thank you for being here today. Thank you for listening to Talking Toastmasters with Angela Nuss. Please like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Talking Toastmasters and subscribe at Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. 
facebook.com slash Talking Toastmasters. Talking Toastmasters is produced and hosted by Ambiguous Podcast Solutions.